Today's episode of the Locked On Reds podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Head on over to BuiltBar.com and enter the promo code Locked On to get 20% off your next order. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Reds Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Jeff Carr. I'm your host and super fan of the Cincinnati Reds, and I've turned my addiction into information for you. Each and every day, I'm going to bring you news, rumors, transactions, everything about the Cincinnati Reds. Thanks for joining me. Let's jump into today's episode. What's going on, Reds fans? Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. It is a brand new year. That's right. Starting this week, we are back to five days a week. We've got spring training baseball to talk about coming up later this week. But for today and tomorrow, I've got a special treat for you. It's interesting because I tweeted out at Locked On Reds to see what everybody was looking to listen to as spring training games were beginning. Did you want bold predictions? Did you want concession power rankings? I'm thinking about that later on this spring training. But everybody wanted to hear division preview. I got just the thing for you. Today, we begin a two-part series the Locked On NL Central Roundtable. Every single NL Central host from Locked On MLB is with me today. We'll have the Locked On Cardinals, Locked On Cubs, Locked On Brewers, and Locked On Pirates hosts all talking about what this division will look like in 2021. So without further ado, let's jump right in. Hello, everybody. It's still the offseason, but spring training is upon us, and we have a massive, massive NL Central Roundtable crossover show heading your way. We've got hosts from all five NL Central teams. My name is Lucas Smith, host of Locked On Cardinals. We've also got Ethan Smith of Locked On Pirates, Sean Sears of Locked On Cubs, Jake Mastiorani of Locked On Brewers, and Jeff Carr of Locked On Reds. Let's get right into it. We're all going to go around and share kind of our, our two-minute overview, our elevator pitch of the team, if you will. Um and I don't mean to be the bearer of bad news, but since the, the Pirates might finish last, Ethan, will give you the opportunity to go first to share us the, the news about the Pittsburgh Pirates in 2021. Yeah. All right. Well, as everybody knows that's probably listening, the Pirates are one of the more active teams in Major League Baseball, <laughs> which was a good and a bad thing just because you traded away three of your top players in Jamison Tyone, Joe Musgrove, and Josh Bell. So the casual fan who's not maybe a Pirates fan probably could maybe tell you one guy that's on the team and that's key Brian Hayes who I'm predicting wins rookie of the year this year after his 376 outing and 85 at bats last year um but this season is a lot more about uh individual performances for the Pittsburgh Pirates with guys like Mitch Keller Brian Reynolds Anthony Alford uh Cole Tucker Colin Moran um Jacob Stallings, pretty much the whole lineup. So wins and losses won't be that important. It'll be more about who does Ben Sherrington have to build for the future. So that's pretty much what's going to be going on in Pittsburgh. Maybe we steal some games in there from the other four teams, and because it's pretty much a four-team race, one of those wins might end up being the like thorn in a team's side or something, but that's really where we're at. A lot of prospects and things to be excited for for the future, but maybe not necessarily 2021. 
Um, I don't know what the rest of the division looks like. It could be packed at the top four. So we'll move on to the Cardinals rival and have Sean Sears go next. Tell us about the Cubs in 2021, Sean. Yeah, it was straight. I was pretty to figure out what the heck they were going to do this offseason. Cause I know I, I think Lucas, you and I have had a couple podcasts where we like talked about like Kyle Schwarber maybe ended up in the Cardinals. He's with the Washington Nationals now. We, we, we joked about Chris Bryant trades a bunch this offseason, but they're back. And the Cubs apparently are like so confident in them being back. They're going to like flood social media with Brizzo picks. So, I mean, I don't know. I hope they're not playing with our emotions, but 2021 uh, is going to be weird for the Cubs. Uh, it's such a weird outlook on the season. Cause like, like looking back a couple of years ago, the Cubs really wanted the season because it was the last year of Chris Bryant's control. And they started off by trading you Darvish. Um, but as the off seasons come together, they, they've kind of put together a, a decent looking team. It looks like they'll still be competitive in this division. They get has more to do with a lot of the other teams, not spending a ton of money this year, but um, they did add some additions. There's some guys on this roster I'm interested in, but I, I think the big question is going to be, can, can the offensive guys we saw take a big step back last year, um, come back to career norms or, or push up to where we thought their potential might be coming into 20. And then what happens with that pitching staff? Cause without you Darvish, Kyle Hendricks is a pitcher and Kyle Davies came off a pretty strong season um, with the, uh, with the San Diego Padres. But after that, a lot of question marks, Jake Arrieta's on this team, and that's awesome. But uh, sorry, Ethan, I'm sure 2015 still hurts. Um, yeah, I still awesome. love that day. I love Jake Arrieta, and that's awesome. But to expect him to put any numbers up like he did in his final few games as a Cub is probably a lot to ask for. So there's a lot of questions. Um, this team could still probably win maybe 80 games, maybe 90. I don't know. We'll have to see. Well, definitely, definitely a lot of questions. And you and I talked about that they've come a long way since 2016 and probably not in the way that we, we thought they would have. <laughs> yeah, but, completely um, opposite direction. Yeah. We'll, we'll go with the man in the amazing mouse rat t-shirt next. Jeff Carr, tell us about the excitingness of the Cincinnati Reds in 2021. Oh my gosh. It's a very confusing excitingness because they're coming off of a year where they were terrible for the first half and they were amazing for the second half. And then they disappeared in the playoffs and they Built on that by welcoming everybody back who put together a 212 uh, batting average and a weirdly top 10 OPS when it came to the National League. So it's it's really hard to figure out what this team is, especially when they decided to field a team that doesn't include a shortstop. And they've got all these guys that they say are competing for it. Nobody believes in any of them, and we're not really sure what's going to happen there. So it's going to be interesting to see if they just field a team with only seven position players. That might be a thing this year. Uh, all in all, though, very excited to see some bounce backs from different guys. I mean, you've got the awesomeness that was Shogo Akiyama in September. Hopefully he can be the leadoff hitter. And you've got a rotation that, while it did lose the Cy Young Award winner, they still are pretty strong. I, I wouldn't say they're as deep as they were last year, but you still got Castillo, you still got Gray, and you've got the up-and-coming Tyler Malley, which most people may not know this, but if you looked deep enough, Tyler Malley actually had a better ERA than Sonny Gray last year. So it's wow. it's a talented top end of the rotation. they got to figure out, is Wade Miley still in this? Uh, what do they got in yeah. the fifth rotation spot? And they felt comfortable enough maybe comfortable, maybe they just wanted to save money, I don't know, and letting go of Rice Iglesias and Archie Bradley. But they've replaced them with some interesting guys. They got Cam Bedrosian on a minor league deal with invite to spread. I don't know how you get that guy in a minor league deal. I'm really looking forward to seeing what he's going to bring. They got Sean Doolittle, a.k.a. Obi-Wan Kenobi Doolittle. Uh, he's coming up. <laughs> so I think it's going to be a really fun season, and I also think it's going to be a really frustrating season. I'm going to eat a lot of fry box trying to figure this team out. 
<laughs> well, you'll we'll enjoy, enjoy the fry box then. And yeah, I really liked Iglesias. I was sad, sad to see him go, but we'll save mine for last. And we'll, we'll go ahead and have Jake tell us about, about the Brewers since they, they did steal the Gold Glove second baseman from the Cardinals. So Jake, tell us about the Brewers. And as we're looking at the different division team previews and things like that, it's worth noting that on betonline.ag, the Cardinals are at plus 105 to win the division right now. A lot more bets coming in on them. It's kind of taken their number down a bit. The Reds and the Brewers are tied for the second best odds to win the division at plus 350. The Cubs have fallen. The Cubs are down to plus 525. That's almost 200 point difference there between the Reds, Brewers, and then the Cubs. And then the Pirates are at plus 7,500 to win the division because, well, nobody's taking them. And if you have a good thought on who you believe is going to win the NL Central and you want a couple of bucks on that thought, check out betonline.ag. Set up your profile today. Enter the promo code locked on. You'll get 50% more on your initial deposit bonus. So if you think you got about 50 bucks worth of knowledge that the Reds are going to win the division, Type in the promo code Locked On. They'll add another twenty-five onto your ledger just for knowing the Locked On Reds podcast. That's BetOnline.ag with the promo code Locked On for fifty percent more on your initial deposit bonus. And before we jump back into the team previews, I wanted to note, if you have not already checked it out, Locked On Today brings you all of the top news stories in sports in a quick daily podcast. Check it out, hosted by Peter Bukowski of the Locked On Packers podcast. It's Locked On Today. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Yes, so the Brewers obviously are in an interesting season because um, obviously the pitching kind of carried them last year, which the bit a bit unusual from the norm of of the Brewers kind of having a bunch of sluggers in the lineup, but honestly, everybody on the offensive side uh, underperformed last year. So certainly hoping that the pitching, you know, stays the same and that the offense gets back to their career norms. I mean, you had Lorenzo Cain who ended up opting out. You had Christian Yelich, you know, struggling, hitting around 212. Kesson Hira struggling, Avisel Garcia struggling. I mean, you went down the lineup and everybody on the offense underperformed last year. So, um, just hoping that those guys get back really to their normal lev- levels and you hope that, you know, Corbin Burns breakout was for real. You hope that Brandon Woodruff just continues and stay healthy and the Brewers, you know, got a really solid team. They're a really solid foundation. Obviously, you know, Colton Wong, uh, sorry about that. Lucas is, yeah. <laughs> was the big pickup, you know, of the, of the off season. And he's really just going to sure up that defense. The Brewers got some pitchers at the back of the rotation uh, who really, you know, d- depend on the defense behind them. A lot of ground ball guys. So uh, getting Colton Wong, there's definitely going to help out a lot and getting Kane back in center, you know, who he's getting up there in age a little bit, but still a, a pretty good solid uh, defensive center fielder. I think it's going to be big for the pitching staff. Uh, the big question going into spring training is going to be at shortstop, uh, which looks like it's going to be a battle between Luis Urias and Orlando Arcia. So that's going to be the big thing to figure out in spring training, whoever wins that job there. Um, you know, if Arcia is there, he's really made some some big steps defensively. Obviously, the bat hasn't progressed the way Brewers fans were hoping, um, but that'd be a really good, you know, up the middle defense with Arcia and Wong and Kane in center field. I like the yeah. thoughts of that, but it seems like the Brewers really want Urias to get a shot there at shortstop after making the big trade for him last year. So we'll see how that pans out for him. But again, if the, if the offense in the lineup just bounces back to their normal levels, I really like the Brewers' chances. 
Yeah, I would even say, Jake, like if Christian Yelich just bounces back, I mean, he's probably yeah. the best player in this division. It's insane that guy didn't have, have the season he did. Um, he, he he even just puts up like career norms. The Brewers are right in the conversation, I think. So, right. yeah. Yeah, and I keep telling everybody on my podcast too, 2020 numbers, I don't put a lot of stock in. I mean, exactly. Yelich is starting to figure it out towards the end of September. If that's a whole 162-game season, I think he gets back to, you know, around his career norm. So, you know, I have – you know, no doubts that he's going to back a, a, be one of the best players in baseball again in 2021. That's yeah. bullpen in the division by far. Oh, yeah. yeah. God, Devin yeah. Williams, how did that guy – like, what in the world? Like, he just right. made the Cubs look silly. Yeah. yeah. Give up one earned yeah, run the whole year or something stupid like that. Right. Yeah. 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 It's pretty crazy. I just can't yeah. wait for Colton Wong now to, like, screw over the Pirates in, like, the most imaginable way possible, except for the Milwaukee Brewers now. And what I forget what they call it. Like, Pirate <laughs> fans call your stadium. I think it's, like, the, like, brewing, like, something palace. Because, like, every time we go and play there, we lose in the most imaginable way possible. <laughs> yeah, it like, seems like that happens uh, in a lot of different places for Pittsburgh. I could be wrong. but Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> it seems to be the trend. <laughs> We just fight Cincinnati all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you do, yes. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, all right, I, so I, before we jump into Lucas's thing, I, I want to say the irony here is that the team that did the most in the offseason to add the most is now the team that is talking last. So, all right, Lucas, you can. <laughs> yeah. hey, thank you, Jeff. I appreciate that. Well, obviously, when you think about the Cardinals offseason, it, it was nothing pretty much until January, mid, mid late January, and then Ken Rosenthal sends out that tweet of, you know, here we go again, or not when the Cardinals were talking. And I was like, whatever. It, 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 we've had this conversation for the last year and a half. And then it happened. And then it was a crazy frenzy for a couple of weeks. And this this team, you know, in my opinion, I mean, other than maybe the Brewers, improved the most from their 2020 selves. Um, and again, I agree that you can take 2020 with a grain of salt, but just with the fact that you have now probably the, the best first third base combination in all of baseball with Arnaud and Goldschmidt. That helps this offense a ton. Um, Pitching-wise, I'm really high. I talk about this pretty much any day in my podcast. I'm really high on this pitching staff. They might not have the best, you know, number one names outside of Jack Flaherty, who was named the opening day starter. Um, but but I really love the depth of the staff from this, both the starting rotation and down to the bullpen. Um, I'm, I'm in love with this pitching staff. I think it can carry them a long ways. The biggest question mark for this team is going to be the outfield. Um, you've got a lot of high risk, high downside guys and Harrison Bader, Tyler O'Neill, Dylan Carlson, who I'll talk about in the prospect segment of the show. But um, a lot of guys that have electric capability, um, Bader's as fast as a lightning bolt. O'Neill has light tower power, but it's just a matter of, can they put it all together and not hit 210 uh, for a year? Um, and can they anchor the outfield well enough? So if the outfield plays to their expectations, I don't have too many other question marks outside of that. Obviously losing Wong is a big, big loss, but I'm honest. I'm honestly, this could just be me being excited about the Arenado and looking at this brand new shiny thing and being excited about it. But I am really excited for the Cardinals heading into 2021. Um, I was just looking at this and this is kind of a wild stat for all five teams, but they're taught. They were talking about transactions since that's kind of what the talk was about. Talent leaving the NL central had a 44.2 war talent joining the NL central had a 6.6. <laughs> Thank you, Nolan Arenado. Keep in mind that 6.6 is, or that 6.6, 6.9 of that comes from Nolan Arenado himself. <laughs> so that number was 0.3 or negative 0.3 yeah. at one point. 
Thank you. Thank you, Jake. Jake Arrieta is probably the other side of that. Yeah, that's that's not surprising. When you trade you Darvish away, <laughs> um, it's gonna the division's gonna take a hit. Joe Musgrove, Jamison Tyone, right? Josh Bell, that's a huge hit. Yeah. So to our friends that host podcasts for the NL West and the NL East, what we're saying is have a fun 2021. (laughs) Enjoy all the good guys. Yeah. Well, you could argue that the other divisions are stronger. They're only stronger because we made them stronger. Like we're, we're going to take credit for whoever wins the world series. (laughs) You're welcome. Baseball. Yeah. So, so that's getting the general overview that we wanted to discuss, but as as you kind of move on now, Honestly, Ethan, you might be the most excited about all this because we're going to talk about prospects. And before we get into prospect talk, how about some snack talk? Would you like a candy bar that is healthy for you? I got just the thing. It's Built Bar. I'm telling you, you're going to crack one open, you're going to take a bite, and you're going to forget every other single healthy protein bar you've ever tried because this has changed the game. Built Bar has amazing flavors with amazing statistics. We're talking about like four grams of sugar in each one, but up to 17 grams of protein in in the same bar. Just amazing flavors as well, like Cherry Barcia. They've got mint chocolate brownie. They've got coconut brownie chunk that literally has little chunks of brownies in each and every bar. Check them out, BuiltBar.com. And when you go there, type in the promo code Locked On. You'll get 20% off just for typing that in. That's right, 20% off of 100% real chocolate and 0% guilt. Check them out, Built Bar. They are an amazing snack, and once you get them, you will have transformed your snack game to a level before unheard of. That's BuiltBar.com with the promo code Locked On to get 20% off your next order. And as we're giving you this overview of the NL Central, Sully gives you an overview of the entire Major League Baseball. Check out Locked On MLB, hosted by Sully Baseball. He takes a look each and every day around the league. What's going on? You're not going to miss it. You can find Locked On MLB wherever you get your podcasts. Obviously, we all know about Key Brian Hayes, but what else can you tell us about the, the prospects that the, the Pirates got back in their moves this offseason? Uh, well, the pir- or, well, the prospects we got back in our moves, uh, we got Hudson Head from the San Diego Padres. He's a name you'll hear like three years from now. So, eh, I mean, yeah, you got something really good for Joe Musgrove. They also brought back Pittsburgh native David Bedner as well. Um, Miguel Yahure, who actually had some pitching for the New York Yankees last year in the Jameson Tyon trade, could be a fifth option in the rotation because of all the injuries that were in New York, and he actually played pretty well. Um, Eddie Yeen and Eddie Yeen and um, Will Crow came over in the Josh Bell trade, both pretty solid pitchers. And then if you go away from the deals and what was already in place, Quinn Priester has absolutely shot up every prospect board all winter, and he's going to probably get a lot of playing time in the spring. And then you still have to see what Nick Gonzalez, your number seven overall pick in uh, 2020, can do because he didn't get to play last year. You also have guys like uh, Kanan Smith, who came over from the Yankees trade, who's had like a power trip for the last like month and a half all of a sudden. You also have guys like O'Neill Cruz, who had all that stuff happen in the Dominican Republic and like is now there playing shortstop, but could play first base at some point being six foot seven. Yeah, he's a massive dude. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's six foot seven. Imagine having an athletic six foot seven first baseman. You also have to look at guys like Travis Swaggery, who's an outfielder that could be coming up next year. 
Jared Oliver could be on the cusp of it with all the guys that we have in the outfield right now as well. And I'm thinking Gregory Polanco has gone and don't forget the pirates also signed a top international prospect in Shailen Polanco, who is already like six foot at the age of 16. So he's only going to grow more and already has a lot of power. So the pirates have a lot of stuff going on and I don't think they're done trading either. I think Adam Frazier gets dealt when he's healthy again. He's not healthy right now but I think he gets dealt when he's healthy again. Colin Moran could get dealt at some point because Mason Martin has been getting a lot of traction in the farm system as well. And then you have to do something about this middle infield. You can't have seven middle infielders. Yeah. So, I mean, (laughs) you got to do something about it. And then, I mean, outside of that, realistically, everybody else is about 2023 or later. But most of the guys that I named are guys that could be uh, impactful soon. So definitely a lot to be excited uh, about as a Pirates That's a crew. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, we but... rose 10, 10 spots in Baseball America's prospect list this offseason from like yeah. 26 to 16 or something like that. Yeah, you guys, you guys are right in the middle of the pack. And honestly, with how young some of those guys are, like your, t- your system's going to be top 10 by the end of this year for sure. Like right. there's, you're going to have at least a couple guys break out. I liked uh, JP, JT Brubaker was a guy I thought was fun last year. I don't know if he has any like prospects for the future of the Pirates, but I liked his stuff. I think he's going to be like our fourth pitcher this year, just be, or fourth or fifth, just because we picked up Tyler Anderson. Oh, yeah. Anderson's a decent guy. Be oh, decent yeah. bridge guy. Yeah. Jake, what's uh, what's going on with the, the Brewers prospects? I know their system isn't that high, but, I mean, I know you've got you've got Luis Urias uh, out there. Is there anyone else you're looking at right now that could be maybe a, a surprise candidate for the Brewers this year, like a Devin Williams? <laughs> yeah, I don't know that there's any more Devin Williams in the system and <laughs> certainly don't have a, a, a list as lengthy as, as Ethan does there. But, uh, I mean, the guy they drafted last year in the first round, Garrett Mitchell, I mean, he instantly mm-hmm. became the top prospect in their system. You know, and being a college bat, he could, you know, he could, advance you know rather quickly Um, maybe not this year but certainly maybe next season um, depending on how this year goes and it's so you know so uncertain and unknown what the minor league players are going to do this year having because you don't know what progress they made you know last year you know with not having a minor league season so we could see some of these guys get pushed aggressively we could see them get slow played Um, you know so it's really going to be a team by team is how they handle these minor league players and their development you know kind of based on what they were able to accomplish last year, but a couple of prospects in the Brewers system that are getting a lot of, a uh, lot of praise this off season. One of them is outfielder, uh, Edbert Perez, who actually uh, is on the 15 player minor league camp, which I didn't even know they were doing for spring training, but there's a separate little 15 player uh, minor league camp. And he was invited to that. And so I think my understanding of that's basically they just get to work out with the major league players there, but can't participate in games and all that, but that's great experience for him. Um, And, you know, we've already seen video of him uh, in spring training there. So he's getting a lot of, a lot of hype, a lot of attention. Another one is um, Antoine Kelly. He's somebody that I'm really high on a handed pitcher. Um, I think Kelly and Hedbert Perez, you know, could both, you know, become top 100 prospects possibly by the end of the season. Um, right now, Garrett Mitchell and Bryce Terang are their two top 100 prospects. Um, Terang, he's, he's getting pretty close to the major league level as well. And that's why I think it's so important for them to figure out what they're going to do with Luis Urias because Terang's coming up pretty soon. So they want to know what they have in Urias to see, you know, what the plan could be for uh, Bryce there. Uh, the other prospect that I'm high on in the Brewer systems, Ethan Small, uh, pitcher out of Mississippi State. Um, he's, you know, he's got a pretty 
easy ceiling to me as a back end starter, but he's somebody that I think could be a solid middle of the rotation guy for a long time. And he's somebody that could be ready this year. Again, another, you know, mature college guy uh, coming out of the SEC. Um, you're playing college baseball in SEC. I always tell people you're already playing single A baseball at that right. point. So, um, you know, those, those players just come out of that league, just ready to go. So I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, again, depending on how he progressed last year and what he does right. beginning of this season, that he could be ready in 2021. Yeah, that, that's awesome. I feel like it, it's always about w- what's next, you know, even though, we, you know, the Brewers might have a shot at division, right. there's still an, always an idea about what's next. So um, we'll, we'll shift over to, to Jeff Carr. What's next for, for, the, uh, for the Reds in terms of prospects? A lot of pitching. Uh, Hunter Green and Nick Ladello are the closest so far as pitching is concerned. There's a couple of hitters. I mean, obviously, Tyler Stevenson is going to start the year in the major leagues, so I almost don't even consider him on the prospect list anymore, although he is still rookie eligible and stuff like that. But, I mean, he's definitely going to be the biggest impact bat coming out of the minor leagues for the Reds. Other than that, you've got some guys who – are not really forgotten, but they've done some stuff that kind of made them invisible for at least more than a year. And part of that has to do with the Reds reorganizing their entire developmental management staff over the last couple of years, because we saw the failures that was the Reds attempt at a rebuild that started back in 2015. And it just it's it's gone absolutely nowhere. So they've had to restart a lot of stuff. The closest to the majors, I think, is Nick Ladello. And then you've got some guys who people forgot about, like Tony Santion. Uh, you've got a Jonathan India that if he impresses probably early on in the season, we'll see at some point this year. But there's no real like superstar like going to grab you like in a couple of years. The Reds are going to be on top with this guy in the system. There's a lot of intriguing names, but. I mean, I mean, you look at Austin Hendrick, who was their first-round pick last year. He's got a big bat, big power. We'll see if he can get the contact going in actual game situations because he didn't get a chance to play in any games last year. And then you've got Reese Hines, who has come onto everybody's radar over the last uh, the winter ball era and the fall and, and all that good stuff. But for the most part, he's still got a lot of questions too. So you're not really sure what you got at the top end uh, or – past the top end of this prospect list that is green Lodolo, uh, maybe Tyler Stevenson, if you want to include him. And then uh, you're looking at like, you know, Jonathan India or something like that. All right. We're going to continue with the prospect talk tomorrow. And we've also got some bold predictions. I drop a bomb on everybody. You're not going to miss it. Check it out on tomorrow's podcast. The locked on NL central Roundtable will continue. Thank you for downloading today's episode. If you aren't already, make sure that you are a subscriber to the locked on reds podcast. Just click that button, subscribe on whatever platform you're currently using. Also for more reds information as spring training games get going, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's and follow the show at locked on reds. But we'll come back at you tomorrow with more of the Locked On NL Central Roundtable. Let's go, Rex. Hey.